Hey, hey, my beautiful people. Let's jump in to a brand new show, brand new year. This is Bringing It Black with Mary Manderfield. And this is the show where we share, celebrate and collaborate with the best in black British talent. And I'm telling you today, we're actually going a little bit further afield outside of London, outside of the UK. And I'm bringing you two very fresh, very exciting interviews with female artists who are killing it in the game in Nigeria and Jamaica. Okay, when I first heard this next song that I'm going to play for you, I instantly felt good. I don't know if it's that feeling of being in the sunshine, (laughs) being on holiday, and the chorus is hella catchy as well. It comes to you from Kalia and Dre Island. Kalia actually first met with Shaggy in 2016 uh, when she sent him some of her music and he rated it. He was really impressed with her and since then she's been working on her craft in Kingston, Jamaica. And Dre Island as well is a reggae artist and being recognised for a couple of years now as one to watch. Um, lots of notable accolades but yeah I'm going to press play on this record and then I have actually got an interview with Kalia herself and um, yeah she shares some absolute gems about her process how she works how the video came about um, and just more about this track which is bringing the summer vibes even if you're looking out the window and not feeling it right now I promise you you'll, you will you'll feel it How are you doing? I'm good, Mary. Thank you for having me. Happy to be here. Um, this obviously pandemic has yes. been rough, <laughs> but um, you know it's it's something that I, I I worked through, and so I've come to terms with it. And we're on the up and up. So yeah, we're good. Oh, that's good. It's a journey, isn't it? It's a, it's a rough journey. yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, so for people who aren't familiar with you and your music, where did it all begin? What was kind of the starting point of, of this kind of journey of being a musician and artist? Well, I've always wanted to sing. I've always wanted to perform anyway. I remember the first um, memory of me, of someone saying, what do you want to be? And I think I must have been about three or four years old. Yeah. And um, I said, I want to be a dance hall queen. This was when I was still living in Jamaica. Yeah. And <laughs> I think it was because you know the Beanie Man song um, Dance Hall Queen was out on the airways at the time and I just knew I just wanted to be on stage um, and I started recording music when I was 15 but it wasn't until uh, 2016 I started working with uh, Tony Kelly and I met him through Shaggy um, on a very yeah like it was just I can't even explain it it was just random um and I'm just blessed for that for for that being I was in the right place at the right time basically and I had a bit of courage to approach Shaggy to say can I send you some music and um you know he gave me his email I sent it and he said you know what you sound great I know the perfect producer to like bring out your sound and then he introduced me to Tony and uh, the rest is history. I've been working with Tony for the past four years. We've been putting out music um, through his label and I've been living in Jamaica and it's been it's been great. <laughs> What's that kind of, um, I guess, the difference between making music and being an artist in London and in Jamaica? Do you feel like, I don't know, does one place bring out a better side in you than another? 
Um, I wouldn't say a better side, but I would say definitely living in Jamaica, like, okay, dancehall and reggae is my home and it's, it's, it's in my blood, basically. But, and I can make dancehall and reggae music in the UK, but being in Jamaica gives you a different sense of, um, you know, the inspiration, the culture, like you're around it 24-7. And so it gives you different, I don't know, different vibes, I suppose, um, being here and working on that kind of music than, as opposed to being in the UK. The sunshine can make all the difference, right? Exactly, exactly, the sunshine and, and the people. And yeah, um, yeah definitely, just just the vibe, because it's, it's not just music, it's a, it's a, it's a lifestyle, you know, dancehall and reggae is a whole, yeah. it's a whole thing, it's not just the music that we make. So yeah, living, living in it definitely makes a difference. I love that, and I'm jealous. <laughs> <laughs> come through, come oh. through, Jamaica's not that far. <laughs> Honestly, give this virus a little bit of time to calm down and I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready. right. Um, Wildfire, the track, it's such a vibe and it's definitely like uplifting and I don't know, I feel like you could be anywhere and you can hear it and you're like, yeah, Mm -hmm. you're in a good mood. Was that your intention like when you went into the studio? Thank you. Um, Well, my intention was just to pay homage to music. Um, Music has helped me in so many ways and is so important in our lives like you know i always say that in this pandemic musicians are are um, essential workers because at the end of the day there's times when you could be going through the worst in your life but you put on a a song and it's like what was i worrying about again you know it kind of makes that disappear so you know when i'm saying lyrics like um when my heart puncture and i go under i'm in the gutter you know, and I hear that rhythm. I hear that in the horn section. You know, when I need tuning, like I just, I'm, I'm just basically dissecting every part of, especially reggae music, every part of it that you just listen to, and it just gives you, it gives you, I don't know the other, any other word, but just the vibes. <laughs> it's just the vibes. So it was me paying homage to that, and the, the hook wasn't actually the hook that you're hearing is not the original hook that was on okay. the song. So okay. I wrote. So I wrote and recorded this song about six or seven months ago and we put it on the back burner because we just just wasn't liking the hook. Like the hook was just not hooking. And then um, I was in London a few months ago and I got a message from Tony saying, do you know, I think Dre Island would be good for this song. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, Dre Island, mm-hmm, sounds good. Two days later, I get the the um, his verse and his hook back and I was like wow like he basically he understood the assignment he put everything that I was saying in those verses encapsulated it into one phrase um wildfire and it just it makes sense like music is literally like wildfire and, and that's how we want this song to spread that's how we want love to spread um yeah was it not called wildfire before no, it wasn't called Wildfire. What was it called? I don't even remember. I don't remember. And the 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 you do hear a little bit of the original hooks. The parts that I sing in between Dre's hook are from the original hook. But I don't even remember what it was called. Ooh, maybe you could release the B side. <laughs> even Dre hasn't heard the the original. Every time he comes to the studio, he's like, I've not heard it. Let me listen. Uh, <laughs> I do feel like sometimes with like collabs or features, they don't always, it's like people who are in two 
different spaces doing their own thing but you guys yeah. obviously it, you can feel like it's the kind of glue but there needed to be all of those parts for that glue to bring stuff together if you know what I mean exactly and and people are always surprised when I tell them I've never I never met Dre until the day of the video shoot so we never met each other in person only but why well, I didn't even meet him musically on the track until yeah. afterwards you know um and it's like once I met him first before I met him I was like okay I don't know what his and I love his music and stuff but I don't know what he's like as a person you know is he gonna be hype is he gonna be a nice guy I don't know but like as soon as um he arrived on set it was like we were friends from a long time oh. like the the energy was just there yeah that makes me happy because especially as a you know as a female in reggae do you ever feel I don't know you have to put on a bit of a front or you have to be the loudest in the room to kind of be seen being be heard or do you feel like you can be yourself oh I feel like I've been blessed to be able to be myself and be able to um present how I want to present um look how I want to look uh sing what I want to sing but definitely I can um I know that there is that element of obviously it's it's not just the music industry it's not just reggae just in general you know it's a, it's a male dominated world so you feel that you know you need to you need to have your voice heard mm-hmm. um but uh yeah I've been I've been lucky to to be able to be myself thank god and when it comes to looks I can tell like fashion and styling and all of that is really important to you or I'm just assuming because you always look really nice thank (laughs) you (laughs) it is thank you (laughs) I appreciate you saying that no honestly in that video as well like it's just you know there can be really powerful music and I think Mm -hmm. music videos are important but they shouldn't you shouldn't be leaning just on a music video to like make your song we almost want the video to rise up to the track right yeah for sure You've got to, yeah, your feeling and your sound has to kind of come across in your visuals, or at least that's what I believe. Um, so when it comes to that and how you want to look in your video, like, you know, your outfits, your hair, your makeup, the colours, um, is it mood boards? Are you like on Instagram, like screenshotting things or is it up to another team of people? How does that kind of come about and come together? Girl, I be doing everything. I am that team of people. Girl, I'm the yeah. hairstylist, I'm the stylist. I'm the, well, on this set, we have, thankfully I had Kelly. She's um, my makeup artist that I've been working with for the past two videos. Yeah. But before that, I was doing my makeup, um, my nails, everything. Like, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, it's important to me. I used for this one, I just just wanted it to be quite relaxed especially in the first scene because we were supposed to be driving around in this like town crier car and just spreading the the wildfire so I wanted to be chilled and everything um but yeah I pretty much do all my styling myself um and I tried to to match the idea of the the music video with what I'm wearing I, mean, I, I haven't um I do want to work with stylists because I feel like I feel like I'm a musician and that's what I'm best at. Although I think I have a good eye for fashion, but there's something sometimes it's your vision or someone else can bring like a different flavor or a different, you know, it's something you weren't even thinking of. And then you're like, oh, wow, that's really good. But yeah, for now, it's just it's just me. I'm the glam squad. <laughs> wow. I love that team DIY. And yeah, yeah. we well, put it off amazingly. I love the beads and everything in your hair. And I think it's that more like, Thank relaxed, you. you know, and, and when people think of reggae, they want to 
I don't know, we have this idea of us like chilling out and yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. But you know, it's it is a different vibe, I guess, to a lot of the music that we're hearing. I don't know what who are some of the musicians or what are some of the tracks that you're listening to at the moment? Not necessarily inspiring your work, but just mm-hmm. that you like to listen to. Um, I will tell you, I'm gonna go on my Spotify right now. So I'm loving I'm loving a lot of Afro beats recently. Sometimes I'll get songs like late so i know this song is not particularly new or anything but i love sip by joey boy that's been on repeat for me um hot hot by brie runway i love brie runway um better than gold by barrington levy which is on the holiday um for uh what do you call it uh soundtrack yeah that (laughs) that song is lit um mia by berwin like i it's a it's a whole like it's a whole my playlist when I put my playlist on don't expect to get um like a, a genre like it's yeah, gonna yeah. go from reggae to pop to rock to afro beats to <laughs> it's a whole it's a whole thing yeah. I like that a lot and if someone were to put wildfire on a playlist what would be the like dream playlist you imagine someone putting it on is it their you know getting ready to go out or is it driving with their mates what's that kind of like dream playlist for the song oh yeah i would say driving chilling um it could be getting ready oh it's a lot it's a lot you know it fits in a lot of categories i would say chilling um when you know you're under the herbs um (laughs) and yeah but i would say more chilled more chilled than anything obviously I like that. I like that a lot. And I think people put so much thought into their playlist. I feel like it's a real art. Like, yeah, name right, getting everything in the right order. And like, yes, like, yes. Order is very important. Very yeah. important. <laughs> um, and I want to just ask finally, what sets your soul on fire? What's the one thing that really gets you, whether it's music, fashion, art, your friends? What's something that sets your soul on fire? Uh, I would say my mom and my little sister, they are, they mean the world to me. They're literally my backbone. They keep me going. Um, Yeah, that's what sets my soul on fire. Apart from music, obviously, those two are like, I love them, love them, love, 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 love them. I talk to my mom every single day, talk to my sister as well. So yeah, it's just, um, we're not there in person, but in spirit, they're with me. Yeah, oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. And honestly, I hope I hope Wildfire makes it to many a playlist. And um, yeah, thank catch you. Up with you in the future, I'm sure. Bringing it back. If you don't yet know Shay Shay, then now is the time to get to know. She has over 1.1 million followers on Instagram, which is very, very mad. And she's gaining momentum as an international star as she has just dropped her new album, Big Girl. She's got features from the likes of Backrow G, Kalema, One Day Cole, Yemi Alade and more. And it's a really great body of work. I'm going to be playing a couple of tracks off of that album for you right, right now. And uh, yeah, she's a great person to speak to. She's got so much life experience from being a judge on Nigerian Idol to working with Matthew Knowles, touring with Beyonce and so much more. And in this album, you'll hear themes of self-love, sexuality, empowerment, and just what it's like to be grown, to feel grown and 
to treat yourself as that big girl. Uh, the lyrics on this album as well are just Instagram caption worthy. Trust me, especially Maserati Sexy. I know you're going to be pulling lyrics from that for your next caption. But yeah, so much to get into. I hope you enjoy uh, this little chat with Shay Shay. <laughs> I'm joined by Shay Shay. You've just released your album, Big Girl. It's out in the world. What does that mean to you? How are you feeling? I'm feeling super fly, super relieved, super happy, feeling like a big girl because, you know, we did this without much support, to be fair, you know, yeah. um, just, you know, me and my great team and then my wonderful distributors and then you guys, of course, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's humbling. Um, and it's also very encouraged. I like it's encouraging as well because, you know, when you get support from your team, but not from like, you know, majors and stuff, you try, you kind of feel like, well, you, you still do something as great as this and put it out there. It makes you feel like you shouldn't stop. You should continue. Yeah. And it's a big old project. I can't even begin to imagine the the journey of, you know, writing, recording, creating, getting it out. And at such a kind of, difficult time as well and um, sure. let me retract to the title big girl and you know you've got you've got a track on there um by the same name what does what is that to you why have we gone with big girl is it how you're feeling at the moment are you feeling grown yes you took the words right you, I mean you made it much more simpler than I was about to make it I'm no, feeling I want to hear your version I'm feeling grown I have been through you know some a, some, a few good few years hmm. of um transformation um growth um re or like reorientation um love loss you know pain gain you know and um going through all these phases of life that we all go through it kind of makes you grow up and and become a bigger person especially if you come out of it on the other side alive still rearing, still fighting, still ready with a new story, a new inspiration. And that's exactly what has happened to me. And um, we called it Big Girl because, you know, as opposed to that little girl that I felt like maybe even just as little as 10 years ago, um, I feel grown now. I mean, I've, I've achieved a lot and I've done a lot and I've evolved a lot. And um, this album documents a lot of those uh, transformations and a lot of those transitions that have been going on in my life, such as, like I said, love, loss, gain, pain, friendship, sexuality, humanity, all those things. This album documents a lot of those experiences personally for me. So, you know, that's why we called it Big Girl. I've, I've, I've graduated, I'm a big girl now, which also is kind of like the story behind the picture, the artwork of the album. That picture was me in at age eight, graduating into junior school. Yeah. And so it's like this whole story of graduation and growth, you know, next level, next, you know, next, you know, next journey, evolution, you know. I like that a lot. And you can definitely hear it throughout the album. And I was going to ask about, the cover work as well because it is beautiful and it's that kind of like vibrancy and and of course you know you were born in London I was born in London you kind of your life has kind of been split between London and Nigeria 
and and America, Houston. Because you know, I spent three I spent three years plus in Houston living with um, the girl band I was part of called From Above. And Matthew Knowles, Beyonce's dad, was our manager, and Beyonce's mom was our stylist, and Beyonce's choreographers were our uh, creative directors. So, like, it was like a real growth process there as well. And I, I pretty much we lived there. We lived there as five girls from London in America, and we had this reality show called Breaking from Above, which was basically centered around the, the making and breaking up and rebuilding again of the group it was quite a weird reality show yeah. on MTV but um so it's you know, like it, it, this theme like, well, kind of goes throughout with you of um grow, rebuilding I swear, I swear I swear it's really it's kind of it's weirder wow so three years in Houston and obviously working with like people who are just you know well so well known um obviously Beyonce's parents um mm. as well as you you know having mentors. we also toured with her you know we opened her yeah. to- her, her, her gigs in um yeah we opened for her in the, in, her, in her I am tour mm-hmm. in across the UK that was good that was interesting I feel like you've really lived a thousand lives. <laughs> and, so. Hey, I, you know, you may have just given me the title of my new book <laughs> or my bio, my, my, my biography, if I ever write one. Oh my yeah. gosh, please take that. Absolutely take that. But I think I, a lot of the time we, we kind of know artists or they release a body of work or they release an album. We just see that as this polished um, kind of thing that they've produced and then, okay, they keep going um but i think with you like it's it's obviously a journey that that's still going on but your album sounds so slick it's really polished we spoke about like self-love and empowerment and, and sexuality and all of that but i believe it's when people listen they can hear all of those things for themselves the journey so far to get you to this point have you kind of picked up lots of little bits on the way that have now come into this being big girl um, I feel like I've always been in control, or at least I've, I've always had creative control of my solo work, my solo project. Um, the only thing that was really new to me in the journey of this particular project was that I actually teamed up with a, a, a team called Jones Worldwide. Jones Worldwide are, they're like a, I don't know how you put it, like a holistic team a company where they are ARs they are branding they do like you know like your socials they do so because they're like holistic right they're they're a, bit, they're a bit of everything entertainment and music and I was fortunate enough to run into their path and they're young fresh you know quite a, a mixed a mixture of like UK America and Nigeria and they're based out here and so we when I met them I had already I was already like 50 something songs deep into a project but they were like you know a lot of these songs are great but they are kind of just you know not really speaking your truth which we can see and you've told us about and once they got the idea you know who I really was what I really wanted to say they kind of started to strip away at the project and rebuild and bring in producers and songwriters and this like this whole thing and they really just kind of dragged the real essence of who I was out that person that I've always been afraid to show especially in this country um as 
you know, someone that embraces their sexuality, someone that's not afraid to be a boss and make the decisions, and even as a female, which is shunned upon out here. And they really just dragged it out of me. It's another reason why it's like, you know what, I'm a big girl now, you know. So these guys really put a lot of time and effort into like really just kind of pruning and nurturing and bringing out um, that big girl in, in me while still giving me the freedom to be like my own boss, my own label and, you know, sing it my way and, you know, and ultimately select the, the final songs that you hear on the album. But it was really hard for me and scary for me to relinquish the, all of that power to them because I'm normally the one that, you know, produces totally my stuff and does everything. But having to share that trust was quite hard. And so I've learned now how to trust more and do you think that's so, an important part of being an artist of like handing over the reins sometimes yes it's the best part it, well it's the most important part sorry and the best part is when you see the result it doesn't work it doesn't it really doesn't work as well when you're doing everything yourself and trying to i mean and, and that you know that's it doesn't really work as well you don't get the best out of what you're trying to say or do mm. which is what my frustrations have been in my past work so I've never really been able to say everything as it is. Yeah. Well, now I've got people that surround me and, and are co-signing and have my back. So it's like, you know, what you do, you girl, be that bad bitch. Yeah. And we got you. And that whole feeling, that whole, you know, it says it, it speaks for itself in the work, in the artwork, in the whole dirt, everything, creativity. People really came, came through for me on this project. And some of the tracks, let's get into. I want to just talk about some of my faves. Azarati Sexy, I love it. Do you have in your head who's listening to this and where they're listening to this when you kind of go into the studio? Um, you know what? Maserati Sexy is just is me just flexing, to yeah. be honest. Because um, I, I think I remember that day when I started writing it, we were, what was I doing? Okay, yeah, I was on a, I was actually on a jet and I was going to, I was going somewhere to film something and i was i remember like i remember kind of like having that the vibe of thinking to myself why don't i actually just like sing about my experiences do you know <laughs> i didn't have sex on the jet although it would have been nice to but yeah um you know like i was with my guy so uh, but i did go on the jet to go and actually film something with my guy and so i think that kind of inspired the whole that it just inspired the whole the whole vibe and you know I'm 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 flexing you know we're allowed to flex you know I've, I've God has been good to me I've achieved a lot I've done a lot and I have lived a really good life and, and a fun life so you know and Nigerian Idols being the judge on Nigerian Idol which is like the biggest talent show franchise in the world it's like you know that's another insane. blessing and love and honor so when they're looking for an idol they knock on my door so that's where that lyric came from um and it's just me flexing <laughs> and i feel like a lot of females need to be more celebratory about their achievements in life and rather than you know just kind of like take things so personally or so hard or put too much pressure on themselves Tell us a little bit about that experience of being a judge on Nigerian Idol, especially when you've, like we said, that kind of crossover of born and raised in London, also spending time in Houston, being in Nigeria. Are these kind of talent shows, like obviously American Idol, Nigerian Idol, absolutely huge. Um, is that really where people come, you know, if they're ready to like elevate their career, like ready to discover those next big talents. What's that experience like as a judge? 
Uh, I mean, five years ago, I was performing on Nigerian Idol as a as a guest performer. Um, five years later, I am a judge on Nigerian Idol. Yes, the experience is completely different. I mean, I was filming for six months. I got paid a whole heap of money um, to do that. So that was really good. That means my, my year was made this year. Like, you know, um, just even just that alone, like talk less of everything else that I did. But um, being put in the position to mentor, you know, musicians, artists coming up and then also like being told that you have to judge them yeah. based on their talent and stuff it's it's very very it's, it's a bit of a shaky shaky feeling really because you don't want to be the one to tell somebody no you're not good enough or hey hey yeah yeah you're better than this person you could you know but I had to really just kind of bite the bullet use all my experiences from my past working with such a disciplinarian like Matthew Knowles going through the thick you know thick of this music industry and just bite the bullet and just tell people as it was on the show. I was, I had to be brutally honest because I, I had to kind of just keep, be be an artist that people could actually say, okay, she's a real artist, you know? Yeah. And trust in you and... and... Yeah, it's a, it was a huge responsibility to be doing what Nigerian Idols. But I'm glad I did it, you know? I'm glad I did it because hopefully people will see that I'm a true, I am a real artist, you know? And I, and I really do believe in the quality of music. So, and the importance of, yeah. And it was a privilege and an honour, of course. Thank you for adding that. Privilege and an honour, you know. Um, another track I really, really enjoy as well is Pempe. Pempe featuring Yemi, yeah. <laughs> Can you talk us Thank through you. a little bit, the kind of meaning, because I, I don't understand, you know. Pempe. That song we are actually basically saying... Okay, so it is joyful. We're celebrating We're celebrating women in that song. <laughs> so we're saying Pempe Rempe. Pempe Rempe is... So pempe is an abbreviation of a longer word called peperempe, which basically means hottie, a hot girl. Okay. You know? So basically we're saying that in that song, we're saying, hey, we're so hot. We know we're so hot. And that is why we get criticized so much. That is why guys want to, you know, like kiss and tell. That is why rumors go around about us, but we're still holding our own. We're still doing our thing, you know? So the message was basically just like, own your badassness, own your hotness. Yes. That's the the, the, the the basic gist of that song. And you're worth being talked about. Like there's a reason people- That is pretty, exactly. We're worth being talked about because we're hot. And being talked about, you know, in the press, in the media, you know, as an artist, you're also a, a kind of media personality. You know, you're doing, you're doing TV shows and things like that, but, do you do you have to learn from kind of your mentors or the people that you've worked with in the past about that balancing act of being an artist and making it about the music, but also all of the noise that surrounds it? Yes. Uh, one thing I will never, ever forget um, um, is something Matthew Knowles told me one day when we were working in Houston. And he said to me, he said to us, you know, Beyonce never reads the news. She never reads social media. She never does. She never does. She never reads the comments ever. And, you know, I used to think, well, that's a bit boring, isn't it? Because then, like, you know, like, you expect that kind of engagement between you and your fans and stuff. But what it was basically trying to say is that if you want to protect your sanity, mm -hmm. you can't read everything you can't read everything because it will affect 
you you're human yeah. you know yeah. people think you're superhuman but you're not and honestly when i remembered what he said and i and i just started to be like that beyonce yeah. my life just kind of like got much better um because what it meant was that i was able to still have a normal private life and not be instigated and not be antagonized and not be picked on or bullied because i don't even know what people are saying and a lot of people don't believe that i don't read the comments and shit but i don't i put what i want out there or you know if something comes out about me whether it's true or not it keeps me relevant it keeps me out there that's their business my job is to make music and enter entertain that's it and if Matthew Knowles tells you something that worked for Beyonce, then you take that advice. You better listen to it. Another person that's named us, like one of your mentors is Tina Turner. <laughs> How on earth does that come about? And my mom used to, my mom was a big fan of Tina Turner and used to play Tina Turner, like old Tina Turner jazz. And so basically I just used to think that my mom was Tina Turner. I don't know why I was so young. But that like was this is that the woman was, that's singing these songs that I'm listening to. Yeah, that is the woman that's singing the songs. And then one day she came on the TV and Tina Turner came on TV and my, my mom was like, Oh, that's you see, this is Tina Turner. And I was like, and I thought that was my mom. I was so young, I couldn't really comprehend what it was that she was saying. But that was the first voice. Tina Turner's voice was the first voice I ever heard yeah. singing, like without a face. And then I saw her face and I was like, Oh, this is my mom, and they do look alike slightly. Or my mom's so rest in peace. You know, so I just, I don't know. Um, and ever since then, I've loved Tina and I wish she would make new music, but she's probably quite getting on a bit now, to be fair, so I don't know. <laughs> just enjoying the fruits of, you know, everything she's put I'm a huge Tina Turner fan as well, and I think... You are? Like, yes. honestly, as I grew up, I started to dig into Tina Turner and learn a lot about her, and I think everybody's watched her biopic and whatnot, yeah. whatnot, and, you know, like, she's done great things, and yes, she, I must say, she did influence me a lot, my stage performances, the energy, the fire, the zeal, but then I could say also that came from... Beyonce's choreographers too, right? Because mm -hmm. Tina influenced Beyonce a lot too. So the girls and me in, in my group kind of got that performance style and fire I from that. that whole thing. Yeah, I, I just, I love seeing how it kind of gets passed down. And when Beyonce talks about, you know, I've got two important Tinas in my life. And yeah. when she did that, um, kind of tribute and and Tina's sitting there and her mother I was just so like oh it's so amazing how it gets passed down because of all the artists yeah. now who are so influenced by Beyonce and um, they don't, don't a lot of them don't even know who Tina Turner is yeah <laughs> but it's it, you don't realize it's it's her and it's her choreography it's her music it's her style and everything that's passed down it's incredible and mm -hmm. um, any kind of artists up and coming kind of UK artists that you've really got your eye on at the moment um, I'm not sure if they're up and coming anymore because like they seem to like when I was into them they probably were but like now they're kind of like really doing their thing like Shabo, Ivorian Doll, female wise anyway. Yeah. Uh, of course Rakro G which is why I had to have him um, and a lot of the, like a lot of artists in the UK to be to be honest I I knew of them before they blew up there's still and the things people are still on the come up so much but it's they are getting more and more we are all still on the come up to be fair yeah. it's just that like they just they're just not you know like there are some there are some really unknown unknowns out here that I would say I'm rooting for now especially um, people like Majid who wrote a lot on my project, Fortune, who wrote a lot on my project, Majid and Fortune are especially talented because without them, the specific sound, the particular sound that you hear on Big Girl wouldn't be quite possible. So um, 
I feel like, you know, there's just talent everywhere. And I'm rooting for so many, so many young acts and singers and writers. Yeah, and they're lucky to have you kind of, yeah, flying the flag for them and, and, and rooting for them. And when we talk about the sounds on the album, we're, we're obviously having such a kind of rise of Nigerian artists, kind of more, I guess, in the UK market and people like we've just had Wizkid come to town for... Yeah, th those few days were huge, right? Jeez. It was incredible. And like, just to see, you know, the support. And I went on the Sunday and it just was each night, more and more people were saying, I'm here this night, I'm here. And, you know, he brought out amazing support artists as well. Um, but people are talking about the rise of Afrobeats in the UK um, yeah. worldwide as well. I know that you don't really like to describe your sound as any one particular genre. Um, but, you you know, we definitely hear like R&B elements, hip hop, smooth soul. Um, do you find it hard to, to make it clear to people, just if the sound is coming from Africa, it's not always going to be Afrobeats. Um, everything's Afrobeats. Yeah. All music is Afrobeats. Everything. I don't even care if it's rock, heavy metal. As mm -hmm. long as it's got a beat, a rhythm. Yeah. And a soul, it's Afrobeat. If it's R&B, it's, it's got a beat, it's, it's Afrobeat. If you want to break it down now and give all these terminologies because of the area we're, the era we're in. Yeah. Um, I'm an Afro, I'm an African, I'm an African. <laughs> <laughs> Any music. End of. Uh, yeah, I'm an African and I'm Nigerian more specifically. Yeah. So as a musician, I am going to be, I'm going to want to be classed as Afrobeat artist. Mm -hmm. On the album, there is a lot of R&B because rhythm and blues and soul um, and hip hop, they are all kind of all encompassing and they are all from the same kind of pot, right? Um, uh, but there are also like some obvious Afrobeat re um, records on there, like Pempe and Gloana and Big Girl. So those three are specifically uh, what you would call Afrobeat, Afrobeat. Everything is probably R&B, soul, hip hop. So I would like to call this a, a, an Afro soul and R&B album, to be honest. Yeah, I can see that. I can hear that. Also, I love Gloana as well. I think you, you do. Thank you. Know making music for the girlies like, yes so <laughs> yes so um and i just want to kind of end on something that you, you you touched on on instagram and you know it's you, you've got such a huge audience and you know so many people are watching and listening and i know you said you kind of take yourself away you don't read the comments and get involved with what's being said but um you spoke about vulnerability and how you know this is your most vulnerable work um vulnerability isn't rewarded in the music industry very often especially yeah. when it comes from a woman um, yeah. on this project big girl how does it feel i guess to to be vulnerable on the album to put it out and to know that it's just out there it's done now you know what it's 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 very liberating yeah. i can breathe now yeah. i can continue in this realm in this lane now without because like the way people accepted this album and i know it's just been five days mm -hmm. but the way people have accepted it and and just like yes we've been waiting for you for three years for a new album and just i hope you enjoy you know the the this being out there in the world i i'm already enjoying it my tiktok challenge is starting on my birthday which is tuesday yeah. we're releasing big girl first that's the first single with the video um and then is it a dance challenge 
Um, it's actually not a dance challenge. No, Big Girl is not a dance challenge. It's actually from grass to grace, like maybe from your like your big girl, your big girl story, kind of. Okay, so like you know, you you this is you when you were younger. Yeah. This is what you've accomplished now. You're older. Like, or you know, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, just showing growth. Um, Let me go dig but, out some baby photos. I'll, I'll be yes, ready for it. I'll see you on TikTok. Baby, baby photos and whatever it is. It's just, it's just, you know, it might just be you just, you know, you've got a car or you've got a, great, a job, a great job, or you've got a house or you're married now, or you've got a baby now, or, you know, like just something that kind of shows your growth. Yeah. Um, um, you know, so I think that it, it, it would inspire and encourage um, the youth as well. Um, and, you know, people that are probably just, you know, don't really know what there is to be grateful for you know so it it might inspire those people so that you know we might give them some inspirations you know grateful for life (laughs) it might just be a baby picture and then an adult picture you made it this far yeah and let me reflect like 16 year old mary would be proud 16 year old right right i would love to see i would love to see how creative people get and i love to see who you know who who wins this you know because it's it's awesome like the whole but the whole world on a challenge and I'd love to see it go far so if you yeah. could spread the word I would appreciate that too. Can you can you get Beyonce on TikTok and, and <laughs> is she even on TikTok? No you know she she just doesn't like to talk to us too much which I which I understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's like let, queen, me, let me just be with my family let me make my music you guys you guys have fun. <laughs> right she's just lucky that she blew blew like in an age where this wasn't really that popular exactly (laughs) exactly it might all change and it might be blue that's coming up on tiktok and it's gonna exactly ignite it (laughs) i love your ideas man you got this oh thank you so much all right so look out for my billboards in london hackney brixton waterloo um tell all your friends that the big girl is back (laughs) 